Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about lab tests that every thyroid patient should get. And so we're not talking about thyroid lab tests here. We're talking about other ancillary tests that you should also be getting in addition to your thyroid. Now, what I'm going to describe here, we have about 17 things that we need to talk about. So it's a fairly, fairly large amount of information. Um, but bear with me because it's going to be really important. And we'll talk about why, why all these tests uh, matter if you have thyroid issues and so on. And also, I want to say that these tests lay the groundwork for a great foundation. So you don't have to get these tests every single time you get your blood drawn. But if it's your first time getting your blood drawn, or if you've never had them drawn before, you definitely need to start with these lab tests because it'll give you, like I said, a lot of information about what's going on in your body. So we mentioned before that it's important to test more tests than just your thyroid, right? Hopefully you guys know that. But if you don't, let me just give you four reasons why that's the case. So number one, your thyroid affects almost every system um, and every cell in your body. That's why the symptoms of hypothyroidism can range from things like fatigue, you can get um, brain fog, you can get menstrual irregularities, you can get cramps and body pain and so on. And the reason that these uh, symptoms are so diverse is because your thyroid is affecting all these cells in your body. So it's important to look at all these other areas. And we can test for these things by looking at your bloods or your lab tests. Number two, your thyroid affects other hormone systems and leads to imbalances in these systems as well. Um, we'll, we'll get to why this is important in just a second. Number three, your thyroid affects your ability to absorb nutrients and leads to deficiencies. It can also make existing deficiencies worse. And why do these things matter? Because number four, these imbalances and problems and hormone issues and so on, they are not corrected with just thyroid supplementation alone. Okay, so what this means is if you have these problems um, and you, you think that you, all your problems will be solved if you get on the right type and dose of thyroid medication, you're wrong most of the time. And the reason is because just fixing this problem, just fixing your thyroid isn't enough to now uh, also address the other deficiencies that you that you now uh, are a result of your hypothyroidism. So things like B12 and iron deficiency and so on. You need iron and you need B12 to fix those problems. Just fixing your thyroid doesn't fix all these problems. And so this is where this ties in with my last video, which I talked about thyroid tunnel vision. And this is one of the reasons people don't understand why they're not feeling better. So if you haven't, Go back and watch that video because it'll explain the symptoms to look out for so you don't get thyroid tunnel vision. So let's get on to the lab test. But first, I want to just say a word quickly about insurance. So what I want to point out is that these labs should be covered for about 99% of you. I've ordered these tests hundreds and hundreds of times. In fact, sometimes I'll order them several times a year on the same patient for the same insurance. So I know that there's, there's a, not a high likelihood that they'll be denied or anything like that. Um, for any random insurance because I've used them all the time on on various insurance companies around and so on but um, if there's any concern call your insurance company just make sure you do before before you get the labs drawn if you go to your doctor and, the, and you ask for them um, and they say hey your insurance won't cover them so we're not going to order them that's usually code word from the doctor's perspective that they just don't want to order these tests because what you can do is you can just call your insurance and say hey will you cover them and they'll almost always say yes and they will definitely cover them if you have the right diagnosis codes so in my experience just using the code hypothyroidism and vitamin b or vitamin d vitamin d is in dog deficiency those two things together is sufficient to allow insurance to cover all these things now if it's not covered yeah this this will be you know probably a couple thousand dollars so make sure that it's covered before you go get them done but like i said 99 percent of you should be able to get all of these things covered um 100 free as long as you as long as it's covered under your insurance um, but make sure you check okay because i can't promise that obviously okay so number one we're going to go through these i have about 17 we'll kind of go through them and i'll explain a little bit about why they're important now i'm not going to get into the optimal ranges or anything like that right now um, but what i will do is i will create um, a downloadable pdf so that you guys can get this stuff a little bit later i don't have that right away um, but i will i will add it so that we can download it and what when i do get it it will be added to my um, list of all the free resources so there's a link below that takes you to the page that i think there's a 
on my website that has about eight free resources. I'll just add this, so this will be number nine. Um, but give me a few days to get that up and, and go on for you. So you can download it so you can take it in and get all these lab tests drawn. So number one, onto the lab test now. Number one is serum magnesium. Now I don't really care if you get serum magnesium or RBC magnesium, okay? These are two different ways to check for magnesium levels in your, in your body. But I do care that you look at your magnesium. Now you're gonna see a recurring theme here when I talk about certain nutrients like B12, magnesium, folate, um, and vitamin D to some degree. And the theme is that even though I don't trust the lab tests um, very well to determine whether or not you're truly deficient, there is st still some value in getting them. So I do want you to get the serum magnesium or RBC magnesium. Now, again, I don't care which one you get. Some people will say RBC magnesium is a little more accurate, um, whatever. If you want to do that, that's fine. But again, the accuracy is not that high in general. So getting slightly higher than whatever's low to begin with is not that great. But you should check it because you can check for obvious signs of deficiency if present. Um, and the reason this is important with your thyroid is because your thyroid directly impacts your magnesium. Um, it can cause either low magnesium or high magnesium, depending on whether you have hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism. So do check. Um, and also magnesium is involved in some 300 cellular processes. So it's, it's very important to your body in general. Helps us sleep and, um, and so on. So it's, it's really important. Number two is vitamin B12. Now B12, in my opinion, is probably one of the most underappreciated and um, underdiagnosed, I would say, deficiencies among all these things. And the reason is very simple. Doctors know that vitamin B12, when you check it in the blood, is not very accurate, but yet they live and die by that number. And I see this trend among even patients too, where they'll look at their B12, I'll say, hey, you should take B12. And they're like, I don't need to because my B12 is high. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't quite work that way. So let me just briefly explain why that's the case with almost all nutrients and hormones for that matter. So remember, when we check it in the blood, we don't. the only way that we can check these values is by looking in your blood. But really, we don't care what's in your blood. We really don't, right? We only care if those nutrients, if those hormones and those vitamins are getting to your cells. The blood is just a highway to get there, okay? So what we're doing is we're sampling the blood, we're sampling the highway, and we're hoping that whatever's in the blood is gonna make it to the cells. But it doesn't work that way, okay, right? So remember, if you, even when we're talking about thyroid, even if it's in the blood, doesn't mean it's getting converted, doesn't mean your cells are receptive to it or they're, um, your cell, you have the right nutrients to allow it to, to have the positive impact on your cell. So just what's in the highway, which is in your blood in this case, doesn't really matter to us. However, it's the best we got, so we're gonna order it, okay? So check your vitamin B12, but just realize that a low value is more beneficial, like that tells you for sure you're low, but a medium or high level doesn't necessarily tell you you're deficient. But do get it for those reasons I mentioned. Um, you can also and should also check folate. The reason I like to get these both together is because with you can get a kind of a decent idea as to whether or not you have MTHFR defect um, and that genetic mutation just by looking at some of these lab tests. So I do think it's worth it and it provides it allows you to do that without actually checking your genetics. So there is some value there. Yeah, you might need to get that genetic test at some point, but this is a nice cheap easy way to get it and allow insurance to pay for it in the process. Number four. So those was one, two, and three. We're on number four now. So number four is vitamin D. Now vitamin D has a little more value than these other ones. It's a little more accurate. Um, so it is worth it to look at that and to look at your value. Um, but do make sure you're checking it out, especially if you have thyroid issues because vitamin D um, is associated with the function of your immune system. So low, low states of vitamin D can lead to increased risk of autoimmune disease, depression, gastrointestinal distress, and so on. So you do wanna be checking for your D and supplementing. And by the way, so we talked about these four things. Now you'll find, I, I talked about these four in the beginning because I think they're important. Um, not more important than these other ones, but just because I wanted to lump them all together. But this is part of the reason why I do recommend supplementation for pretty much every thyroid patient, because you're almost always going to find one or more of these things that are deficient because of how your thyroid impacts the absorption in your gastrointestinal tract. So keep that in mind. Uh, supplementation is very important um, for thyroid patients for that reason. Number five, 
is leptin, serum leptin, and it should be fasting leptin. Now, leptin is very important because it helps you understand, uh, I would say it's pretty much required if you have thyroid issues, but it's really beneficial to help you understand why you're, you're, you have extra weight gain on your body or why you're, you have an inability to lose weight. And so leptin is primarily responsible for that. And really we're looking for leptin resistance when we check for that. Number six is a combination of three lab tests, which includes insulin, hemoglobin A1C, and blood glucose. And the whole point of ordering all these tests is to do a test for one thing, and that's called insulin resistance. So insulin resistance along with leptin resistance kind of do the same thing. They tell me the same thing in the body. They're, they're a reason that you might be overweight or that you might have trouble losing weight. So they are really important because they can help direct your treatment. Um, insulin should be in the fastest state. Hemoglobin A1C is an average blood sugar over about 120 days. Do make sure you're getting that, but realize that it's not super accurate because the life of your red blood cell can vary between individuals and so on, but still get it. Seven, eight, and nine include estradiol, progesterone, and free and total testosterone. Okay, so these are all your sex hormones. Now you definitely wanna be ordering these if you have thyroid problems of any, any type. Now estrogen and progesterone become less helpful if you're menopausal. So if you're over the age of probably 55, you haven't had a cycle in two years, they're not gonna be really helpful for you. And the reason is because we know when women hit menopause, estradiol and progesterone, they go in the toilet. They basically become as close to zero as you can get. Now, if you're premenopausal between the ages of 20 to let's say 45, you're gonna see your progesterone slowly go down over time, but it may drop precipitously if you have thyroid problems and you might see your estradiol kind of go up. And so the, we're really interested in the difference between these two things. But what we'll see among hypothyroid patients is that estradiol goes up and progesterone goes down and it increases the distance between these two. And that leads to a condition called um, um, estrogen dominance. And so that's a, that's a really important thing to know about because you can treat that. Number nine, as I said, is free and total testosterone. Testosterone, and I would include DHEA in here as well. These are really important because they help you understand sort of like your, your um, they can be very valuable if you have autoimmune disease like Hashimoto's because you can use some of these androgens to help treat um, the autoimmune dysfunction because we know that certain androgens, DHEA, um, testosterone even, um, they, what you can do is if you supplement with these, they can actually improve your immune function as well. So do check for that. And if you have low testosterone, you may experience, in, experience symptoms such as the inability to lose weight. You might have the inability to put on muscle mass. And then of course you might also be irritable. So those are sort of the symptoms that women experience when they have low testosterone. Um, again, very important, check all those together. Number 10 is sex hormone binding globulin or SHBG. And, and what it does is exactly as it sounds. So it binds to your sex hormones, predominantly um, the ones we just talked about before. But we're not interested in its effect on those hormones that can be important. We're more interested in the fact that only two hormones increase SHBG in the body. And that includes estrogen and it includes thyroid. So what we can do is we can, we can use the SHB to determine if your thyroid is where it should be. Because if, especially if you're menopausal, we know that your estrogen is gonna be zero, which means that your SHBG is predominantly affected by whatever your, test, whatever your thyroid is. So if we give you thyroid hormone, we should see that SHBG go up, right? So we can use that as a tool to determine whether or not your thyroid medication is working. So very important, do keep an eye on that. Number 11 is cortisol. Cortisol, again, very important. And here I'm, I'm, I'm referring to serum cortisol, not salivary, meaning from, from the saliva in your mouth, or urinary, meaning from your, your pee or your, your urine. Okay, I, I think it's a lot easier to just start with the serum cortisol. You can move to those other ones later if you want. Um, I, I generally recommend against those. I've had other videos explaining why. I'm not gonna get into it now. But serum cortisol is a great way to start. Um, and it's really simple. And it can tell you whether or not your cortisol is good or bad. If it's normal, that doesn't mean it's normal. But it's a really cheap and easy way to test whether it's low or high. You can do that really quick. Number 12, 
whatever, I'm not, I don't have enough hand, fingers for this, but number 12, we're on iron studies. So this includes things like ferritin, iron, TIBC, and percent saturation. The reason we care about these is because your thyroid can impact how much iron you have in your body. And also, the amount of iron, especially ferritin, impacts how well your thyroid hormone works. Okay, so this is what happens. This is a relationship between, uh, between iron and um, hypothyroidism. So the hypothyroid state, which is, you know, your thyroid is lower than it should be, causes your body to not be able to absorb much iron. Then because your iron is low, it causes your thyroid to depress and function, which then causes your body to, to not absorb more iron. So it constantly kind of goes like this, constant down, 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 down. So it causes a big problem and it's a vicious cycle between those two. So you need to be looking at your iron and you need to be addressing it if it's present or if there's any issues present. Number 13 is your cholesterol studies. So this is just basic cholesterol studies, including HDL, LDL, and total cholesterol. We're not talking about the advanced um, cholesterol uh, lab tests that you can get from a Cleveland Heart Lab and so on. That, that's probably better if you're more interested in your cardiovascular risk, like your risk of heart attack and so on. Here, I'm really just interested in looking at total cholesterol as a sensitive marker for thyroid function. Okay, so what do I mean? I mean that there are, there are people out there who, have, who are otherwise healthy, but who have you know the symptoms of hypothyroidism and this you know relatively normal thyroid test with this random red herring total high total cholesterol in my opinion and the way that i use it is total cholesterol can be used as a sensitive marker for diagnosing hypothyroidism especially in that preclinical slash subclinical state so total cholesterol is really important there as well number 14 is something called comprehensive metabolic panel so it's it's cmp for short but what it includes is a bunch of elect electrolytes and it also includes your liver and kidney function so we you do want to check all these things because it's a really nice way to just knock them off the list and make sure everything's fine. Um, but what I'm really interested in is your AST and your ALT, which are markers for how well your liver is functioning. Okay, so for a couple reasons. Number one, because if your AST and ALT are high, that might be a sign that you have something called fatty liver. Right, that's probably the most common most common reason for just a slight elevation of AST and ALT. It used to be alcoholism um, or just overconsumption of alcohol but nowadays it's due to too much sugar okay so it causes fattiness in the liver and that that kind of you can think of it as glue inside the liver and it, it affects how well the liver functions so we care about that because number one it's a sign of insulin resistance which again we relates to how well you're able to lose weight and number two if your thyroid is not functioning appropriately then it might not be able to convert your thyroid from t4 to t3 a lot of that occurs in the liver which we care about um, and number two, there are, there are certain chemicals and endocrine disruptors that your body comes into contact with that must be eliminated through the liver, all right? And if your liver is not functioning well, guess what's going to happen? Those are going to build up and they're going to impact your thyroid in a negative way. So we really care about your liver. Um, we do care about your kidney too, but kidney doesn't give us quite as much information. And the way you check your kidney is by ordering your creatinine. That's probably the, the easiest way to do it. Okay, so that's number 15. 14 and 15, they're kind of lumped together. Number 16 would be your inflammatory markers. And again, very, very, very important. I know I'm saying everything's very important. That's because I wouldn't have included it on the list if it wasn't very important. But inflammatory markers are, give you a lot of information. And the ones I've included here are ESR, CRP, and then ferritin. We'll talk about ferritin in just a second. So ESR stands for erythrocyte sedimentation rate. And CRP stands for C-reactive protein. Now, what these things do is they give you a, a pretty good idea as to whether or not there's just generalized systemic inflammation in the body. Now, if there is, that's a good sign. Well, it's not a good sign, but it's good to know that it's there. Let's put it that way. Because inflammation negatively impacts the thyroid. It reduces T4 to T3 conversion. Um, and then also, it can be a sign of some sort of immune issue or an indication that maybe you have an autoimmune process or, or disease or um, some sort of issue like that. So you do want to check for ESR and CRP. Now, for sure, because it can guide your treatment a little bit. But ferritin is another one that you should be getting, but you're going to be getting it to look at your iron anyway. Um, now, ferritin, this might be confusing, so I'll make it simple for you. Ferritin in low levels is a sign of iron deficiency. It's 
pretty, it's pretty sensitive for testing for that. In high levels, it doesn't mean you have high iron. In fact, most of the time when ferritin's really high, it could be high iron, but a lot of the times it's inflammation. So ferritin's valuable at lower levels, not as valuable when it gets higher and higher. So number 16. Um, number 17 is autoimmune markers. Um, so really what I'm including here would be the thyroid antibodies. Now, most of you will probably know that you should be checking for those at baseline with your thyroid lab test, but I'm still surprised. Every, I get a lot of patients who come to me, they'll show me their labs for the second opinion, and they ne have never had their antibodies their, to Hashimoto's ever tested. So um, thyroid peroxidase and thyroglobulin antibodies, they've never had those tested, um, which is just crazy to me. So I'm including it here in case you don't get it with your thyroid lab test. They absolutely need to be tested for Okay, so I know this was, uh, thanks for bearing with me, I know this was so, sort of a long list. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna make individual videos on these because it'll help explain what an optimal range is and how to use these more appropriately. But I want you guys to know that this is a really great place to start. This lays the, front, the, the foundation for, all the, for, for how you need to start, okay? And what it does is it lets you know it helps direct your treatment. So if you have a lot of inflammation and, and you didn't know you had Hashimoto's, well, maybe you need to focus on your inflammation. If you're having troubles with your weight, then you can know, well, is it cortisol related? Is it leptin related? Is it insulin related? Is it related to my sex hormones? You know, where's, what was, what is the cause of my fatigue? Is it vitamin D related, which can cause fatigue? Is it vitamin B12 related, which can cause fatigue? Or is it my thyroid? So checking all these things really helps give you direction and focus in your treatment. It also helps prevent thyroid tunnel vision, which is what I talked about yesterday. Okay, so that's pretty much it. If you guys have any questions, leave them in the comments below. And remember, I'll include this list below, but it will not have the optimal ranges and things like that. I will include that though as a free download in the days to come. So leave your questions below and otherwise I'll see you guys in the next one.